da 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 Hey, it's me, Cindy. Uh, you can think of this like a phone call, only you can't get in a word in edgewise. <laughs> that happens a lot. Anyway, there's this game I've been playing. It's called Simon's Cat Pop Time. And that's the theme song. Da, 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 da. It plays every time you start a new round. And I'm on like round 347. So that tune's pretty much stuck in my head. Thought I'd share it with you. Yeah, you're welcome. If you don't know the cartoon, go to simonscat.com. I promise you'll laugh. And if you love cats, you'll laugh even harder. Anyway, how you doing? You know, there's this thing about Facebook. Sometimes it's like group texting your friends. Sometimes it's like standing alone on a dark street corner whispering or talking to yourself. But occasionally, once a year, it's like being in third grade and having the entire class wish you happy birthday, but better because this time they did it without you having to bribe them by bringing in cupcakes. But sometimes, and this could be the, my very favorite thing about Facebook, sometimes it's like a reunion with a friend or many friends that you've been missing. Look, it's Margaret and Debbie and Kathy and Carol. All these women I've shared struggles and victories and laughs with. And here we all are on this one page. And I only wish I had cupcakes to share. Of course, when don't I wish I had a cupcake? Instead, I have this, this one-way phone call, Brain Spill podcast. And it's pretty sweet in its own way. I think of it as the thread to connect us and please talk back. Share your opinions, stories, questions, comments. This way we can make it like an ongoing conversation and a bucket of fun and not have to wait for the next reunion. You in? I'm going to imagine that you're saying yes or just nodding your head. I'm hoping you're saying yes. Okay, then. It's a plan. Okay, so let's catch up because I know it's been a while. And then you catch me up with you, okay? All right. Lately, I've been getting asked, what are you up to? I've also gotten a fair share of how's retirement. Stop right there for a minute. I got to go on record again to state I did not retire, which is funny because 30 years ago, I left another radio job to go back to freelancing and nobody ever mentioned retirement then. Is it because 30 years have gone by? Because I don't think, and I tend to believe lots of people feel like I do, I don't think that retirement is something that I necessarily will be doing because I don't think I want to do it. Maybe never. Maybe it's the word retire. The definition is to retreat, withdraw, nope and nope. Maybe we need a new word for leaving your job for parts unknown. Escaping could sum it up well. Hey, how's the escape? Anyway, for the record, I didn't retire. I just changed my sleeping habits. I sleep till at least six now. Kebster, Mia, and Ruby get a little impatient waiting for their feeding machine to activate after that. But even six really still feels luxurious and almost sinful. Okay, so not retired, so what? Which brings us back to dealing with the question, what are you up to? I got to tell you, I'm having a hard time coming up with an answer. Last summer, I focused on a theater festival that was loads of fun and hugely time-consuming. And when that was done, I went to work on a political campaign that was also loads of fun and hugely time-consuming. And this one resulted in a wild, happy, thrilling success. As a longtime believer in women's equality, and I think you know that, one of the greatest accomplishments I've ever been involved with was being part of seeing Riverhead for the first time in its 225-year history finally elect a woman as town supervisor. Plus, she's great, smart, full of great ideas, knows how to work with people. Her name's Laura Jens Smith, and I'll introduce you at some point. You're going to like her. 
but back to me. I guess now that I don't have one big project that I'm working on, I'm kind of at a loss for the answer of what are you doing? And that's what I'm working on, trying to figure out what, what am I doing or what am I doing next? Right now, I'm spending a little time in town hall and continuing to do radio commercials and whatever other voiceover work comes my way. But this has essentially been a summer of pancakes and yoga and Ruby the new dog. I'll get back to Ruby, but I got to tell you about my pancake obsession. A couple of years ago when Donna and I were still working side by side, she told me her daughter Jillian had found a recipe for pancakes. Oh, you hear Ruby? Shut up! You can use little air quotes about pancakes if you want. They were made of banana and eggs. Either two bananas and one egg or two eggs and one banana, which could be one of the reasons the recipe was never a big success for me. But they did cook up round and cried for syrup and, you know, they tasted okay. Most of you know. And if you don't, let me tell you, I am among the laziest cooks in probably the universe. So two ingredients resulting in something resembling pancakes sounded good, but looking for something closer to actual pancakes, I found a recipe that called for oatmeal, one cup in a blender till it's like flour. You add a cup of cottage cheese and an egg. I added a little milk too to thin it. Blend them all together, pour it on the griddle. You got tasty pancakes, again with air quotes, that are healthy if that matters to you. I was trying to make it matter. They were tasty, but they took forever to cook all the way through. And since I am so lazy and always in a hurry, and by the time I'm hungry, I'm really hungry, I slapped them on the plate before they were quite done, so they weren't so great the first go-around. However, uh, microwaving them, the leftovers later throughout the week were pretty delicious, and then they were cooked through, and that was good. Then one day I'm at the grocery store, and I see a box of original pancake mix. And on impulse, and because now I'm wondering... How much better would actual pancakes be than the oatmeal cottage cheese variety? And would these be easier? (laughs) Always a key. Well, they were a little easier, no blender needed. And because I still like to flirt with the idea of eating healthy, I added like three quarters of a pint of blueberries. So there were like 15 blueberries in every bite. And yes, they are divine. So one answer to what are you doing is eating a lot of pancakes. Then there's yoga, which I did for a while years back and then got sidetracked. And it got too pricey and the classes were 90 minutes long, which is too long and nothing timed right with working at the station. Doing a conversation with one of the women at town hall recently, we were talking about keeping stress away. She told me about a yoga class that was starting up that fit beautifully in every way. So I was going once a week and now I'm going twice a week. And I I really love the gracefulness of it the stretching and how it's never hard work. Okay, so I'm not just lazy when it comes to cooking. The things we learn about ourselves. So I've been sticking to it, which is also very unusual for me. I guess it's a manifestation of that inherent laziness that kind of colors everything I do. But here's what happened the other night with Ruby, the new dog, running around my ankles while I was trying to juggle a glass and a notebook, and I slid off a step and landed so hard on my ankle that I collapsed to the floor. The glass didn't spill. I was pretty pleased about that, but I didn't know what kind of shape I was in. It hurt like crazy. It took a a minute or two to work up the nerve to, you know, look at it, and there was no blood. That was a good sign. No jutting bone bits. I felt around. Everything looked okay. You know the stories of dogs rescuing or assisting or saving or protecting? You know, Timmy's stuck in the well. Go get help. Well, that... That didn't exactly happen with Ruby. She took on a different read of the situation. Hey, you're on the floor. Let's play. Come on. 
I think she's the kind of dog that if I ever get knocked unconscious and it's mealtime, she's just going to start nibbling on my face or maybe just my fingers for starters. Anyway, so I slowly got up on my knees and then up on my still good foot and I hobbled off in search of an ice bag, which I couldn't find. But let me cut this part short because the reason I'm telling you this is the next day I could barely walk. But by the day after that, it was almost completely better. And I credit yoga. I think were it not for all the stretching and strengthening I'd been doing, my ankle would have been far more seriously injured and for a lot longer. You know, Mark used to make fun of it when I was going because there could be something very far Eastern and mysterious about yoga. The woman who teaches her name is Susan. She agrees. She said the library offered a chair yoga class, but the next time they called it gentle stretching for seniors and the room was packed. So call it what you will. I am officially on record as being a fan. Okay, now the third big theme of the summer has been, were you paying attention? Okay, pancakes, yoga, and Ruby the new dog. I got her in mid-March for a woman who coincidentally is a neighbor of Donna's, and she volunteers with a rescue group. She had contacted me about a border collie mix that was going to be coming up from the south and needed a home. You know, Rosie, my my other dog, had was a border collie. And I guess that this woman thought that that made Ruby, or her name at the time was Molly May, an easy sell. And she was completely right. Ruby was remarkably calm when I first met her. A sweet, somewhat shy little thing. It turns out she'd been drugged for the ride-up. Calm? Somewhat shy? No and no. Here's what she is. Jacked up most of the time. Painfully afraid of almost everything. You name it, it makes her frantic and yappy. Blow dryer, vacuum cleaner, cars, lawnmowers, weed whackers, hedge trimmers, power saws, motorcycles, essentially the soundtrack of the house inside and the neighborhood outside. Yeah, that's a challenge. And we're working on it. She can now tolerate the blow dryer, but she watches me like a hawk. Or she watches it, wondering if it's going to eat my face before she has a chance to. She doesn't bark at the vacuum cleaner anymore, but she still zips out to nip at it. But the machinations outside the door, apparently that's going to take a little longer. That's what she was just barking at before. Apparently a car went by. I know she's smart. She figured out quickly that time to turn around meant that it was time to turn back, getting too close to the main road on our morning walks. She learned right away that if she wants to go for a walk, she has to sit perfectly still while I clip on the leash. That's a major accomplishment. She understands ball, squeaky toy, cookie, sit, give me your paw, even give me your other paw, the mark of a brilliant dog. But while she runs to find her Frisbee when suggested, she is the only Border Collie I ever saw who waits till it actually hits the ground before she grabs it. Breaking from tradition, her favorite plaything now is what we call her bucket. It's actually a gallon-sized plastic plant container. I don't remember how she first started playing with it, but all I got to do is ask, where's the bucket? And she'll run off on the hunt, bring it over, shaking it in her teeth like it's till it's mostly dead, and then prancing proudly around the yard like she just won a WWF championship belt. Then she scoops it up with her snout, this is my favorite part, tosses it up in the air, lets it bounce again once or twice off the tip of her nose, and then resumes the parade of victory. Time Magazine just published a special edition book called How Dogs Think Inside the Canine Mind. They emailed me at sucker at gmail.com with an excerpt called Why Dogs and Humans Love Each Other More Than Anyone Else, written by a guy named Jeffrey Kluger, who seems not only to be a pretty good writer, but he would probably be loads of fun to hang out with. Okay, here's part of the excerpt. Ready? You speak dog better than you think you do. 
You may not be fluent. That would require actually being a dog. But if you went to live in a dog's only world, you'd be pretty good at understanding what they're saying. You can tell a nervous yip from a menacing growl, a bark that says hello from a bark that says get lost. You can read the body language that says happy, that says sad, that says tired, that says scared, that says please, please, please play with me right now. Think that's not a big deal? Then answer this. What does a happy bird look like? A sad lion? You don't know, but dog talk you get. And as with your first human language, you didn't even have to try to learn it. You grew up in a world in which dogs are everywhere and simply came to understand them. That by itself says something about the bond that humans and dogs share. We live with cats. We work with horses. We hire cows for their milk and chickens for their eggs and pay them with food unless we kill them and eat them instead. That's my favorite part. Our lives are entangled with those of other species, but we could disentangle if we wanted. With dogs, things are different. Our world and their world swirled together long ago like two different shades of paint. Once you've achieved a commingled orange, you'll never go back to red and yellow. Makes you want to get the book, right? I know, me too. Back to Ruby. She also has an uncanny sense of timing and always knows when it's time to start hounding me for her next meal, which, yeah, you guessed it, it's right about now. So I'm going to go make her happy, but we'll do this again soon. Maybe by then I'll figure out how to answer, what are you doing lately? Maybe I'll just say eating pancakes, doing yoga, and trying to teach Ruby what to do in an emergency other than want to play or eat my face. All right, take care. I hope to hear from you soon. And I'll be back. Goodbye. Click. (laughs) That's the sound of the phone hanging up. Get it?